You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. We are now on the third of our series of the work of heart, which is prayer, the art of prayer. And because of this class, we decided that after Pesach, we're going to launch a completely new series, a new podcast, a whole new series of classes, which is going to be focused on going through the prayers. We're going to go from Moda'ani, from the beginning of the day, all the way through morning services, uh, the entire prayer. We're going to talk about its structure. We're going to go through each and every paragraph. We're not only going to translate and learn the reasons why each of these verses and prayers are in there, but also we're going to talk about the structure of prayer. We're going to talk a lot about understanding the connection that each prayer has with the expression we're trying to convey with the Almighty. So that look out for that right after Pesach. God willing, we're going to launch it. Okay. So my dear friends, we talked about so many important things in prayer, but I think the most important part of prayer is understanding the following. Prayer is not for God. God does not need our prayers. We're not doing him a favor. It's quite the opposite. Prayer is for us. Prayer is for us to connect. It's for us to relate to the Almighty. It's for us to thank Hashem. It's not for Hashem is not needy in the sense that, oh, you didn't pray for me. No, no, no. The con- you didn't pray to me. I was missing that, that prayer. God's not that Jewish mother who's going to guilt you. He doesn't need our prayers. He loves our prayers. He doesn't need it. We're not doing anything for God. It's only doing something for us. When we pray, what we're doing is we're giving ourselves a connection with the Almighty, an authentic connection with the Almighty. Now, some people say that prayer is, you know, it's meditation, it's mindfulness. You can put whatever you want to it. It's fine. You can call it yoga. You can call it meditation. You can call it whatever you want. Serenity, whatever, all that stuff. It's fine. It's all of them. A person needs to recognize that when we talk to the Almighty in our prayer, what we're doing is is we're connecting our soul to its source. You know, something fascinating. I've been on many, many trips to Israel. And by far the most emotional part of being in Israel is when people arrive at Jerusalem. When people are going up and down those hills heading towards Jerusalem, and suddenly you see the mountains surrounding Jerusalem, and you get even closer and you see the houses and you see the buildings and you see... There's nothing awe-inspiring about the buildings. It's like any other city. You 
you might think. But it's different. Why is it different? Because whenever we pray, here in Houston, Texas, we pray towards the east. People who are in the Far East, in, in, in China, in India, wherever they, might, they may be, face west towards Jerusalem. We all pray towards Jerusalem. Those who are in Russia are praying south. They're praying towards Jerusalem. Why? And when you're in Israel, everyone is also praying towards Jerusalem. And when you're in Jerusalem, you're praying towards the Western Wall. And when people are at the Western Wall, they're praying towards the Holy of Holies. What is going on? Why are we praying towards this location? Our sages tell us because that is the source of our soul. What happens is that when we are at that location, that's, think of it like this. Imagine if you needed an elevator to, to take your prayers up to the heavens. Where is that elevator? It's not in New Jersey. So where is it? It's in Jerusalem. It's at the Holy of Holies. So what you do is you send your prayers that way. And that's from there it goes up to the heavens. And indeed, our sages tell us that if one doesn't know what direction is towards Jerusalem, they should pray to any direction, but have in mind in their heart that they're praying towards Jerusalem. It says that the entire world was created from that point. We see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all conveyed their relationship and their appreciation, their gratitude at that point. Remember, Jacob had a dream. Where was he? He was right there on Mount Moriah, the future home of the temple. He says, I didn't realize this was a holy place. This is the holy place. The entire creation comes from there. All of humanity comes from there. Question or not whether or not the Garden of Eden is there as well. We don't know where the Garden of Eden is right now. It's hidden. But the source of everything is right there. So it makes a lot of sense why people get emotional. It's because they're connecting with their soul, source. They're connecting with home. I'm home now. Because this is where my soul comes from. This is where it descended from the heavens to this earth. So people feel this unbelievable sense of emotional connection when they are in Jerusalem. It's really, it's profound the way people feel when they're there. It's a whole different experience. Hashem doesn't need our prayers. We need our prayers. And a person needs to not be, we mentioned this at the end of last week, a person needs to be very careful not to be arrogant. A person who's arrogant has a very difficult time connecting with the Almighty through prayer. Because what is prayer? Prayer is recognizing I'm deficient. I need Hashem's help. I need Hashem to shower me with these blessings. 
because I can't do it myself. I'm, I'm missing something. The, what I need is Hashem to shower me with blessing. So a person has to have a humility. A person has to have a recognition of who they are and who they are not. And that's what we need for prayer. A person needs to recognize that at all times what we're doing is we're using prayer as a vehicle of connection with the Almighty. That's what prayer is. So if a person says, I've had people be very sarcastic and like, oh, God needs my prayer. No, he doesn't. God doesn't need your prayer, not one bit of it. God loves it, though. Does anybody need chocolate? Nobody needs chocolate, but we love chocolate. We appreciate chocolate, hopefully. God loves our prayers. He didn't create us to be distant from him. He created us to be close to him. So by praying, what we're doing is we're connecting to God. We're demonstrating our closeness to him. That's the purpose of prayer. So we, we also mentioned that God waits for us in our place of our makom kavua, our place of prayer, our steady place of prayer. The halacha tells us that one should always pray in the same place, even if someone is not praying in the synagogue but they should have the same seat, same place where they pray every day. Why? It says because the Almighty waits for you there. Where does the Almighty wait? Why? What? what? I'll, be, I'll pray wherever I pray. God loves it. He, he's waiting for it. The Shekhinah, the, the presence of the Almighty, waits for us there. Because God loves our prayers. And He loves when we communicate with him. Does not need it, but wants it. So, okay, one other thing that I, I feel may have been a little bit overlooked last time in class when we discussed prayer is that we need to have a peacefulness, a a menuchas hanefesh, a calmness in prayer. You can't be thorough in prayer. You can't be present in prayer when you're busy with a thousand things. When you're busy, you're in the middle of a court case, you're in the middle of a business deal, you're in the middle of a, you're just all over the place. Person has to have the presence of mind. Person has to be calm. Person has to have a peacefulness, a frame of mind where they're able to open their heart and communicate with the Almighty. This is the foundation of prayer. Foundation of prayer is not just reading words. Foundation of prayer is not just understanding the words that we're saying. It's about the expression of heart, knowing what's going on. I am standing in front of the creator of heaven and earth, and I am talking to him in simple words. And you know what? We may not understand every prayer, but do you understand every stroke of the keyboard when you type something? Do you know what it's doing? Do you understand the code behind it? 
No, you don't. It doesn't stop you from typing. Our sages embedded a code. When you press A on the keyboard, it's not an A. It's a bunch of zeros and ones that make the formation of an A. And a B and a C and a D are all the same in that they have their own unique zeros and ones. And together, they put together your letters and your words. The same is true with our prayers. We may not understand how it works, but our sages designed the prayers to convey and to connect with heavens in a very, very special way. So just as a quick summary, something that we mentioned a little bit in passing, that we have three daily prayers, Shachris in the morning, Mincha in the afternoon, and Mariv or Arvit in the evening. Abraham composed the morning prayer, Isaac the afternoon prayer, and Jacob the evening prayer. And that we see in the verses in the Torah when each of them prayed, Abraham prayed in the morning, Isaac in the afternoon, and Jacob in the evening. Now there are two other prayers that are occasionally added. One is Musaf. Musaf is a special holiday prayer, which we add on Rosh Chodesh, which we're going to add this coming Thursday. So it's Wednesday night and Thursday. We're going to add Musaf to our prayer, which is another Amidah. We're also going to add it on all of the festivals, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Additionally, we add Musaf on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And on Shabbos, of course, that's also a holiday. Shabbos is a holiday. It's the, it's the, it's the most, the holiest holiday. The holiest day of the year is Shabbos. We have it 52 times a year. And of course, we have a Musaf then as well. There's one more prayer, which is only recited once a year. And that is the Ne'ilah. The Ne'ilah is the final service of Yom Kippur. And so we have five prayers, five Amidas, five Shmonesres. One is Shachris, the morning, Mincha in the afternoon, Mariv or Arvit in the evening. And then we have Musaf, which is Shabbos and holidays. And then we have Ne'ilah on Yom Kippur. Now, every prayer has an introduction to it. It has the main the main course of the prayer, which is usually the Amidah. And then we have the ending. So for morning services, we have the morning blessings. We have the sacrifices. The Psukit is the songs of praise. The, 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 the verses of praise. And then we have the Shema blessings and the Shema. And then we have the main part of the prayer, which is the Amidah, which is the 19 blessings of the Amidah, of the Shemon Esrei. The ending of prayer is the Tachanun, which is the prayer of atonement and forgiveness, where we ask Hashem for forgiveness. We read the Torah on Mondays and Thursdays, and we end, we have the ending songs uh, of thanks to the Almighty. And those songs of thanks are each day relating to their own. So, you know, in Hebrew, there's no such thing as Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, Sh- and Shabbos. But rather, they're day one to Shabbos, 
It's the second day towards Shabbos, the third day to Shabbos, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day to Shabbos, and then Shabbos. Hayom Yom Shabbos Kodesh. Today is the day of Shabbos Kodesh, the Holy Shabbos. We don't have names for our days. We number our days based on their relationship to Shabbos. The center of a Jew is Shabbos. That's the center of our life. And when we relate to the days of the week, we're relating to its relationship to Shabbos. Yom Sheni, you go to Israel, you say Monday, nobody knows what you're talking about. You say Yom Sheni. Yom Sheni means the second day to Shabbos. Yom Shlishi is the third day to Shabbos. And those special psalms are recited each day in its relationship to to Shabbos, and um, that's the end of the prayer in the morning. In the afternoon, we have the Ashrei, which is the introduction. We have the Amidah, and then we have the Aleinu, which is the ending of the prayer. And then in the evening, we have the Shema blessings and the Shema as the introduction. Then we have the Amidah, the 19 blessings of the Amidah, and then we have the Aleinu again. So it seems that every prayer the center of the prayer is our silent prayer, the Amidah. Why is that the most important part of prayer? Our sages tell us because it's the prayer that reflects our personal requests. The other prayers are singing Hashem's praises. The other prayers are thanking Hashem for creating the universe. Every day renews His creation. Hashem gives us the water and he gives us the, the, the grass and the, he gives us the vegetation and he gives us all the amazing things and we, and we thank Hashem for each and everything. By the way, the most important tool to avoid getting into a depression or sadness is prayer. You want to live an anxious free life? Prayer. You want to live a sadness free life? Prayer. You know what we say in the prayers? We thank Hashem for every breath. We thank Hashem for being able to stand upright. We thank Hashem for being able to see, to have eyesight. We thank Hashem for everything that's around us. You can't be sad. When you realize how blessed you are, when you realize how amazing this world is, and that we have the privilege to be residents in it, temporary residents, there's nothing greater in the world. There's no greater happiness, no greater joy, no greater sign of encouragement from the Almighty than He putting us into this world. But that's all introductory prayers. We get to the meat of the prayer, and that's the Amidah, the silent Amidah. What goes on by the silent Amidah? We say the structured prayer that the men of the Great Assembly designed for us in code and God willing, in our new series, we're going to go through every single one of the blessings of the Amidah. What we say in those in that Amidah, in the eight, 19 blessings of the Amidah, is our own personal requests. If we just mumble through the words, because we've learned how to read them, either since we're children... Or, and I told you, I told you one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest challenges we face today 
as a people who are trying to connect in prayer is the fact that our children start praying at such a young age. I mean, it's important to, there's no question. But think about it. Our children, our children are praying. My son turned 12 two months ago, three months ago, and he's prayed probably 10,000 prayers in his life. You think at any point he's going to know what in the world he's talking about? You pray so many times, you really don't know what you're saying. Especially when it's not the language you speak. See, he learned how to read Hebrew, right? We learned that in, in preschool. My daughter is four years old. She's learning the alphabet. She's learning the letters of the alphabet. She's learning the sounds, the vowels. Within six months, she'll know how to read Hebrew. So she's going to learn. She's going to have a prayer book when she's six years old. And she's going to learn how to read. And she's going to start reading out of habit. She'll read probably read the prayers a thousand, two thousand, three, four, ten thousand times before she's obligated to pray. Before she turns bat mitzvah and she's obligated to pray and to communicate with the Almighty. She's already going to do that thousands of times. How in the world is she going to be able to have a clear mind to understand like, wow, wow, every breath is a gift from God. It's, it's a tremendous, tremendous job. So, so what do you do about that? That's a great question. What do you do about that? Nobody's got an easy job in this world. There are people who say, oh, I wish I grew up religious and I would know how to pray for mom when I was four years old. Yeah, I wish that. That's true. That's great. And I can tell you many, I remember, let me tell you a story. When I was, when I was 20 years old, I was in Memphis, Tennessee, and I got the shock of my life. I went there on a seed program. Uh, There's a bunch of yeshiva guys. We went to, to Memphis, Tennessee, and we went to be inspiring a community you know, we were going to learn with these people. We learned with their kids. We had programs. It was great. We had a great time. But you know that they taught me a lot more than I taught them. We went to this community in Memphis, and we stayed by a family that was relatively new to the observance of Shabbos, relatively new to the observance of Torah and mitzvahs. And Thursday afternoon, their Shabbos table was already set. Friday afternoon, when we got back from swimming and having a good time, they were already sitting on the couch, all dressed in Shabbos clothes, waiting for Shabbos. And I was in for a shock of my life because never in my life, growing up as a Shabbat observant Jew, Torah observant Jew, never did I experience Shabbos like that, where they were so excited. They were anticipating, they, were, they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait for Shabbos. And that was something I learned because they were fresh and they were new to it. To them, it was something which was from a clearer perspective almost than a child who grew up in it, where sometimes you don't really appreciate, you don't understand the gift that you were gifted with. It's like the children who grow up in the palace, the princes and princesses who grow up in the palace, they don't realize how privileged their life is. And when we grow up with a life of committed dedication to Shabbos, and to kosher, we don't always appreciate how valuable it is. And that was, to me, a big wake-up call to realize 
the tremendous, awesome gift of Shabbos that they appreciated because they were new and they came to it at a later age. They were appreciating it the way it should be appreciated. So, my dear friends, there's benefits to both sides. I think it's always better, obviously, start from our childhood. We, we instill it into our children. But that's not always easy. It's not always easy and it's not always uh, something which is, you know, every family is different and every unique individual is given their own set of tools. And that's, I think, the bottom line here is that every single person is given the ability, the tools, the skills for them to succeed. And we can't look at what other people have. Everyone has their own their own challenges. Everyone has their own things. But a person has to know that this, the challenges that they were given, you, you were born however you were born to whatever family you were born. Right now, what tools do you have to connect to the Almighty? Use those tools. And don't worry about what everyone else has. Don't worry about what other people, you know, they got a head start. Nobody's got a head start on you. You have your own journey. When we talk about prayer and the importance of speaking out our words and recognizing that we're talking to God, that is something that should never grow old on us. It, even if we've prayed thousands and thousands of times, it should be like the first time we've ever prayed. Like the first time you say, I love you to your spouse. It's thought through. It's emotional. There's a passion that goes along with it. That is the way we should approach our mitzvahs. That is the way we should approach our prayer. It shouldn't just be like, hey, it's another prayer. Okay, I got I to gotta check, check the box. No, it should be that this is the greatest opportunity I've ever received, and it's like the first time. So my dear friends, let's take this lesson, hopefully, and internalize this, that if we have the privilege and the opportunity to learn about prayer and to grow in our prayer and to talk to God and to communicate with Him, let's hope that it never becomes habit, it never becomes rote, but rather is something which is fresh, something which is dear, something which is precious to us, and hopefully will merit that all of our prayers be answered and all of our prayers be fulfilled. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We look forward to continuing this with an entire series on prayer. Thank you and have a lovely evening. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcast.com.